I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out. They have a lot of great items from different artists from all around, like jewelry, blankets, art, clothing, cedar boxes, indigenous home decor, car accessories, totes, and so much more. You could spend hours in this store. I'm not kidding. I went to the first time and I think I spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have. I mean, it's so unique. If you haven't yet, Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page. So if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On this episode, I have fitness advocate, owner-operator of Warriors United, the Comanche Warrior, Tim Johnson. What's going on, Russell? What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invite, man. Of course, man. Um, I listened to your episode with uh, Robin Jackson from the Classic Wolf, and after that, I knew I had, to get, I had to get you on mine, so I'm happy that we got to connect, uh, and for sure you got to come over, do a live podcast, and so uh, was that a long drive for you? Uh, well, it wasn't too bad. I mm-hmm. stopped in um, Oklahoma City and visited with my father for a little bit. Shout out Eddie Henry. That's my uh, my father, and um, picked up a couple things, and you know, you know how it is hard to get away from dad. Yeah. But uh no, it was it was a peaceful ride, man. I just cruised and uh just you know, cruised in my thoughts how I always do. I wanted to come down on the Harley, but um I was uh, scared of the weather, you know. It's always different up here in Tulsa. Yeah. I know when you said I'm gonna come on my Harley, I was like, Dane's gonna drive the hallway. Yeah, if, <laughs> oh I've been in Tulsa before in the Harley plenty of times. I would have been here in an hour if I got on the Harley. <laughs> I can't help but speed on that thing, brother. <laughs> you talk about therapy, that's therapy, man. Yeah. That's therapy. I'll be mad at the world and I get on that Harley and I forget what I was mad at. Oh yeah? Yeah. It's great therapy. I've never driven a road on a bike before. Really? Yeah, on a motorcycle. Well, my stepdad, I remember we rode on his, mm-hmm. but I was behind him. But, yeah, I've never driven one, like, on my own. I'm too I'm too afraid. <laughs> hey, man, it's <laughs> it's not for everybody, but um, if you ever get the chance to, it's it's definitely an experience. It's a lifestyle. It'll change the way you live. Mm-hmm. 
It's a, I mean, look at the shirt I'm wearing. It's a Harley shirt. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's a lifestyle, brother. Is it hard to balance? That's all it is, right? You're just. Yeah. Now it's, it's, or I don't even know. If you rode a bike as a kid, it's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. It's, the only difference is you're not pedaling. You're, you're controlling with your hands. Mm. So, you know, when we were kids, we pedaled, mm-hmm. but it's like you hit that big hill and you know if you make a bad turn, you're going to eat dirt. That's mm-hmm. what a motorcycle is. <laughs> ah. So it makes you, you know, being a motorcycle rider makes you a better driver. Mm, really? Cause, yes. Because when you're on the motorcycle, you have to see. Your head has to be on a bobble. True. And so when you drive, you do the same thing. So it, it's made me a better driver. Okay. Definitely. I look out for bikers. Before I didn't, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel bad for saying that, but <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> now I know, you know, I almost got hit a couple times. Uh, you know, speaking of that, if, if you don't mind, I'd love mm-hmm. to share a story. You know, last year, um, <clears throat> it's kind of a tough one to tell. So I was headed to New Mexico to my girlfriend's, uh, her son's graduation. It was before Father's Day. And, um, you know, I had, I don't know why, but something made me put, a windshield on my motorcycle. I've never had a windshield on my motorcycle before. Mm-hmm. I'm always really old school. I have a 06 uh, Harley Davidson soft tail. And um, so I was riding, and when you have the windshield, it blocks out all the sound, all the wind, so you can hear things. Mm-hmm. So I kept hearing clanking, clink, clink, clink. I look down, I look back up, you know, it's still clanking, and I look down. And I look up, you know, we're talking five, between five and six in the morning where the sun's not quite up, but there's light on the road, you know. Mm-hmm. And I look down a third time and I look up and I'm on the side of the road. And I'm trying to fight it to get back up. <clears throat> and um, they, there's dew on the grass, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's really slick, so I couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I wasn't speeding, I was only going 70, 75. That's the speed limit. <clears throat> and um, I caught a gopher hole. Oh. And I was shot 70 feet. What? I was in the air so long that I could turn around and watch my bike do the cartwheel. What? Yeah. So I remember the ground coming. Like, if you ever been in an airplane, you know how the ground comes real fast? Yeah. And then, man, I remember I was going to hit, so I put my arm up, and I hit on that side. Boom. So when I hit, my um, my lung collapsed on impact. Oh, my God. And um, <clears throat> I didn't know it at the time. So I remember I tried to stand up, and I just collapsed down. Mm-hmm. And it felt like everything was broken. And uh, it's kind of bits and pieces. Um, I remember I had called my girlfriend at the time. And um, she, I just kept telling her I was down. I was like, I'm down, I'm down. And I was just going, oh, because I couldn't catch my breath. I could not catch my breath for nothing. So um, that's why I knew something was wrong. I thought like a rib had punctured or something. Mm -hmm. I knew some things were were messed up. So I normally wear all black when I ride. For some reason that morning, I decided to wear a fluorescent shirt. Mm -hmm. And that's what saved my life because uh, a trucker uh, had seen me. And like I said, the sun's still coming up. The sun hasn't um, 
came all the way up, but it's, it's bright enough. And there was people, I tried to climb in the road, like crawl, so somebody would stop. Man, they almost ran me over. Oh they didn't God. even try to stop. <laughs> Damn. So I remember I pushed myself back out, and I just laid there, and I was like, shit, I'm going to die on the side of this road. And then I, I kind of went to sleep for a little bit, and I woke up, and there was a guy standing over me asking questions, <clears throat> things like that. It was, it was wild, and then... You know, I kind of blinked my eyes. Um, I remember there was, uh, like, the sheriff was there, and I blinked my eyes again. You know, I was in the um, the ambulance. And I can hear them talking. You know, I mean, I mean they cut everything off me. I mean, I'm laying there <laughs> bare-ass naked. And, um, I mean, they had me covered, just my privates, but they were saying everything was broken on me. Broken hip, broken this, broken that. And I didn't know, you know. I was just in pain my whole body. Mm-hmm. So I remember <clears throat> I opened my eyes again and I was in the helicopter. And we were we were riding and I heard the pilot talking to the ambulance. And the pilot said 45 minutes to wherever we were going. So um, the ambulance said, well, he's got 25 minutes of air left. Because my other side started to close up because it was oh, working, no. overworking because I still was hyperventilating Mm -hmm. so he starts announcing where they were taking me you know as a doa and when i heard that i started to panic like i mean literally i was like you know i was panicking Mm -hmm. but where am i gonna go i'm in a fucking helicopter bro (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um it was wild like i just remember thinking this is gonna be a lot for my kids and um, <clears throat> I remember laying there. I specifically remember what happened. And I, I literally said these words, okay. And I tilted my head to the right. And that was it. And I opened my eyes. And I was on top of the helicopter. <clears throat> so when I closed my eyes, let's go back to that. When I closed my eyes, it felt like, <clears throat> like somebody hugged me, like a big, giant hug. Like, their hands covered my whole body, warmth, where I wasn't scared. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, okay. And I I remember, you know, I closed my eyes, and I opened them, and I was on top of the helicopter, but I was looking down, and I was going up, 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 seeing stars going up, up. Like, I was traveling, brother. I was traveling, and... um, I wasn't scared, you know, I wasn't frightened. I felt love, like no love I can describe. It wasn't mother's love, it just, it was love. Mm -hmm. I knew I was okay. So we kept, I just kept going up to where the earth was a little bitty dot. And then um, I opened my eyes and the lady had my hand in the air and a big ass needle. And she said, Mr. Johnson? I said, yep. She said, not on my watch. So she brought me back with an adrenaline needle. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she had shoved a tube down my throat, and she helped reinflate <clears throat> the other uh, lung. So they got it back to back, not to normal, but enough to where they're both pumping. And um, it was wild, man. And then <clears throat> I got to the hospital, and the doctor came down. They ran me through everything. Nothing was broken. 
Really? Nothing was torn. The only thing that was torn was the muscles around my lung. Mm-hmm. Nothing was broken, nothing. But before I had passed, everything was broken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was, I don't know if it was a miracle or if they were just over-exaggerating, but I remember them. They, they, they had my legs on braces because they were like, this is broken, that's broken, his hip is broken. Whoa. So, like, the people at the hospital were mad. Like, I was wasting their time. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, all the doctor said was, you're such a big fucking dude. Your muscle mass took the impact. Mm-hmm. It was his explanation. For me, I think it was a little bit, a little bit, you know, that higher power took me up, healed me, and let me come back. Yeah. That's how I look at it. But um, <clears throat> I didn't see a white light. You know, I didn't see Jesus Christ. I didn't see Allah or Muhammad or, you know, I didn't see nobody. I just felt love. Just felt love. But that was um, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. It was wild, man. It was wild to be in a horrific accident and walk out of the hospital the same day. Yeah. Well, I limped out, but. <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> and that was, um, I've never told a lot of people about that story. Really? Yeah. I haven't shared that with many people. I've showed it, shared it with some, but. Mm-hmm. Never to this capacity. But yeah, that's... uh, And you know what? Ever since I came back, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I'm a different person. I don't know if it's because I know what's after or it's, you know, because I've experienced it. But, like, I'm just... I'm a different person. Like, I'm... All the crazy shit I used to do, I don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just about peace. Yeah. Um, Energy. Good energy. If you're bad energy, I'm not around you. Mm-hmm. If you're ugly, not outside, inside, I'm not around you. Mm-hmm. And ever since, um, I've cut a lot of people out of my life that are living negative. When I've done that, my um, everything got better. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they hold on to people. It's like, oh, that's my best friend. Well, if your best friend is smoking meth every week, I don't think you can help that guy, you know, mm-hmm. he has to help himself, but you could literally ruin your inner being trying to help somebody who's not doing good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So once I kind of cut ties, I felt bad in a way to cut ties with a lot of people, but you know, I got kids, man. I got little humans to take care of and mm-hmm. you know, I have to really control my energy, control my who has access to my soul, to my people, you know? Yeah. Cause you got to understand you go around ugly people that don't have good energy. You got to go home to your kids. You know, what are you taking home with you? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of negative vibes are you taking around? Cause I'm a big believer in energy and things like that. I've been around people where I'm like, Whoa, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, I know you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, man. You yep. just, you can feel bad people. Mm-hmm. So once I did that, you know, it's weird. It's like I have a sixth sense now since I've been back, mm-hmm. since that happened to me. And I'm just really careful of the things I do. Even on the bike. I was on the bike two months later. It took two months to get back on, but I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared. But I'm good now. I got back. My uncle put it all back together mm-hmm. like it never happened. Really? Yep. Dang. 
It's wild, but yeah, that that all comes with riding a Harley. I probably you're probably like I'm good. I'm not. I'm riding. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not riding this Harley now. <laughs> I'll hold on to someone. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come pick you up next time. Huh? <laughs> we'll go around the block real quick. Hey, I'm gonna come pick you up like a like Bob did on uh, La Bamba. La Bamba. Just yeah. Give you that look, you know, that head nod. <laughs> That's a, but I mean, you talk about the whole energy, you know, I mean, I, I understand that too. Um, it is really weird once you start paying attention to that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I know when you, when I was working at certain places and I had to be there, you run into a lot of that, a lot of really bad energy, but yeah. you don't really understand, you know, what, what that is, you know, it's just like, oh, this person's just, you know, having a bad week day month yeah. year you know and they're always just talking shit about everybody and mm-hmm. and you have to like listen and i guess try to laugh too but yeah and then you do become that as well mm-hmm. you become that negative energy and that negative talk that negative just way of thinking and and it's true man uh, what do they say you are who you hang around you yeah. know and so once once i got out of that though and i just kind of started hanging around some just artists people mm. you know i mean there's some people here around that around in this uh type of work i guess that are bad ne- negative energy too mm. but like you you know i uh i tend to see it i tend to feel it yeah even like if i don't see it right away just hanging around a person or something i'll just get that like uh i'm gonna you know this will be our first and last time hanging out, I guess, <laughs> yeah. at an event or something. So can't wait to get out of there, type thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, that's that's. I mean, that's what the whole thing is too with me, man. I'm just like good energy. Um, I try not to be any type of way. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I do get frustrated or irritated, but I don't let it try to take over me. Yeah, definitely. You know, I try to have a, the best day I ever can. You know, and I speak a lot of things into existence and I just believe it. You know, I believe it because, you know, who else is going to believe it but me? Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that this has taught me too. a lot of people come on, man, and they talk about the manifestation and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to speak exactly. good to yourself. You have to speak the things that you want. You have to just continue to go for it. You know, not might not be today, tomorrow. Shoot five years from now but you just have to keep putting that work in so mm. i mean and that story man that's a wild story dude you know like <laughs> it but it's crazy because uh i kind of had something similar when i was in high school me and two other friends of mine we got in a bad car wreck mm-hmm. and i hit this pothole i was speeding i was mm-hmm. being a fucking idiot a teenager yeah, i was 16 you know being a teenager yeah i hit <laughs> when i was speeding down this bumpy ass road and i hit this pothole mm-hmm. and it freaked me out because i hit it so hard i was like fucking and it scared me so much that i jerked my wheel mm-hmm. and i lost control and i tried to jerk it back mm-hmm. and then we ended up flipping it felt like 20 times but mm-hmm. the cops said we flipped about four three or four times mm-hmm. but they were pretty good rolls and then when we get out of the car that car was fucked. Like it was like it looked like somebody compacted it. So mm-hmm. when when we I felt like it felt like when we were rolling though, I still remember like it was like slow motion. 
Like I remember flipping a car and I just felt like we were inside the car and I had enough time to look everywhere in that car mm-hmm. and what was happening. And we flipped and it just felt like time slowed down. And then I, in my head, I was like, damn, this is how I die. Yeah, like I definitely. thought of that, you know, I thought like, this is it. You know, it's this almost is, the slow motion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I had enough time to think of that and I had enough time, but nothing flashed before my eyes. It was mm-hmm. just like, this is how I go, I guess, you know, and I, I guess I had to accept it. There was nothing I could do. So, exactly. you know, we flipped and we landed and I think I was kind of knocked out. I don't know, but you know, when you kind of, I guess when you're sleeping, but you kind of come out of something and then you could hear voices. Like that's what it kind of felt like. I heard my friend saying, Russ, Russ. And finally, like I kind of came to it and we were like, the car was slipped on my side. So everybody's weight was on my side because I was driving. And I just remember like, like sitting there and I was like trying not to freak out. But I was just like, we got to get the fuck out of here because the car's going to blow up or something. And because I could see, I could smell the gas leaking out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we got to get out of here. I was like, how do we get out? And then my buddy um, busted the window open on his side because he had to stand up. And I was like, stand up on me or whatever. Just do what we got to do. So he broke it. He got out. The guy in the backseat got out. And I like stood up and I got out. And we all got out. We looked around and we're just like what the fuck you know it was so weird it, it was so it was really weird and we looked at the car the car was fucked and it was dead quiet and all of a sudden police and the ambulance came and then they were marking off the scene and they took us to the hospital and they checked us out and i think i had like a small hairline fracture on my hip mm-hmm. and they were thinking that my other friend had a concussion the guy in the back seat had nothing happen but um my friend didn't have a concussion. That's all I had. That's all we we did. We walked away scratch free pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so, but the cop was saying, because we were so big, because we weren't wearing seatbelts. Mm-hmm. We weren't wearing anything. And he said, because we were so big, that impact, we were all so like big. And I guess we kept hitting each other. Yeah. There wasn't enough room for us to be ejected mm-hmm. or, you know, get hurt so bad in that um, wreck. So he was like, you guys are lucky because. You know, uh, we had something like this happen about a couple of weeks ago and they weren't, you know, they, they passed on Damn. and he told us that and he was like, just be careful guys. He's like, I know you're teenagers, but this is real. Like, this is real stuff. And I was like, dang, then I had to hear it from my dad. You know, <laughs> I, you know Russell, Russell, we, I think we were, uh, I think we were spared because we're meant to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm my, I have kids. It wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. There's people to help. There's, you know, like I told you, I did, um, Robin's podcast. I had two people reach out to me and say that I helped them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're spared for you to help me get this message out for you to help other people get their messages out. You know, your, t- your time wasn't done, you know? So that's the way I, I looked at it. You know, it's like, I'm, it's, it, I, was, I closed my eyes and thinking how many times I should have died. Mm-hmm. I could have died. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been stabbed, uh, car wrecks, motorcycle wrecks, ATV wrecks. Um, you name it. I fell down an elevator shaft. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, this wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my time. And, um, in a way, every time those things happen though, a part of me died. 
Mm-hmm. Not a, not like a like the good in me, but I feel like a like a bad part of me died. You know what I mean? Yeah. You every time something like that happens, you leave more grateful. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like like I said, I just truly believe that we're meant. You know, we're crossed paths for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the universe brought us together to share these stories with each other and with other people. And, you know, some people, like you say, aren't so lucky. Mm-hmm. I can sit here and name names all day of people who got in a wreck and didn't get out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you can, too. It's, mm-hmm. But I I, um, I truly believe we're here for more. You know, there's more to us than um, than those experiences. It changed you, though, right? Yeah. I was going to ask, were you feeling like when all those things, like you talked you talked about a lot of stuff that you went through to um, come out of, you know, alive. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. Me too. You know, I've had, I've done some stupid stuff and I even OD'd once, mm-hmm. but w- was it a time where you were like just doing some, like you were feeling bad, you're doing bad shit too. Mm-hmm. You were just, you weren't in the right headspace, and all that stuff happened because you talk about coming out of it and then feeling better, yeah. you know, because when that wreck happened, man, that was at a time too. Yeah. Where I worked so hard to try to get my ass on the football field. Mm-hmm. And the first scrimmage we had, I tore my MCL. Damn. <laughs> and so I worked all summer to get strong, whatever, two days, all that stuff. And that happens, right? Because, like, teachers are already trying to write me off as, like, I wasn't that smart. Mm-hmm. So it made me think, like, well, shit, if I'm not that smart, then maybe I just – go to college for sports or something, mm-hmm. you know, try to do something with my athletic ability. Yeah. If I'm not going to make it with my grades and maybe I can make it with, you know, being athletic enough to do something. So, and then once that was away, then I was like, well, what's the point? You mm-hmm. know, like it's like something was taken away from me that I worked so hard for mm-hmm. and nobody understood and there was nobody I could talk to about it. And every time, like I felt like I could, then it was just kind of like, you know, are you just, crying around you know you're just mm-hmm. but i was you know it made me depressed it made me stressed and there were those are feelings that i didn't even know what they were mm-hmm. you know i do when i knew i do know what they are now but, yeah. but back then you know as a kid you don't understand what you're going through you know so mm-hmm. and then when that wreck happened though i became like so thankful i didn't get it a lot like as i'm being saved for something to maybe mm-hmm. like you said bring attention to people mm. or whatever community or yeah. to something, you know, I just, it wasn't thinking that big of a picture. Mm. I was just really thankful to like still be here mm. because like I said, I was like, this is how I die. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I was, I'm still here. So, and so, yeah, you know, I, if it made me feel just like that part of me that was feeling like that, that died in that wreck mm. that made, so the way you, said that that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me so um, and it was true so to answer your question um before that mm-hmm. bro i used to get on that bike just smashed Ooh. don't even know how i got home oh my god um i kind of lived out of city limits i would get on the bike and drive a hundred home damn. hoping a deer would come out hoping to die mm-hmm. um I used to, I'm talking, I'd, I'd pull over and do do a rail right on the highway. I just didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. 
and that guy died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I care. I want to live now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the time, yeah. you know, I was going through so much, you know, so much stuff. You know, I had uh, divorced. Me and me and my ex-wife got it through a divorce, and I didn't have the kids. I didn't have nobody. I lived in an empty house, and ever since I was 18 years old, there's been a child in my home. So to have them not with me at the time, mm-hmm. like, it, it was it was a test to my mental health. And, um, but that crazy dude who didn't care, who had no respect for life, um, he's, he died. (laughs) Yeah. I'm grateful. I want to be here. I want to be old. I want to see my grandbabies. I want to see my great grandbabies. You know, uh, I got things to live for. Mm -hmm. And, um, but to, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, that, that crazy dude who used to get on his motorcycle and do crazy shit he don't do that no more yeah <laughs> that guy's gone <laughs> yeah he's long gone um just stuff like that man i just i had no and you know what what hurts me the most is it wasn't even my life that i didn't respect it was the other people on the road i could have killed the families mm. i could have killed babies i could have done some horrible things and i'm so glad that nothing like that happened you know it and what's crazy is when i got in that wreck I was dead sober. You know, I was I was going to see my girl, you know, I was I was fine. I was clear-headed, I was sober. And it was just small my so I never put a windshield back on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> my pony threw me. <laughs> my my pony threw me, brother. But, but yeah, a part of me um that crazy crazy guy who used to do crazy things on a bike. I don't do it no more. And what's funny is I see dudes like that i go on bike runs because on bike runs you stop at bars and you know keep going you know i stop at the bar too with them i just don't indulge yeah i'll you know, have a red bull mm-hmm. you know you could still hang out at the bar and not get dressed not get messed up you know mm-hmm. i always tell my girlfriend nobody can force me to drink dude i'm the baby out of all the brothers i'm immune to peer pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you <laughs> If you find me drunk somewhere, you know, doing stuff I'm not supposed to be doing, I made that choice. Nobody made me do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, once I learned that I can control it, it, it got easy, you know. Yeah. I could say no. I could say yeah, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I choose, like I said, I choose to be, you know, sober. My kids, my daughter came up to me one day and said, I hate that you drank at all my birthday parties. I didn't know. Bro, we're from Albuquerque. I'm born and raised in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah? Yes. I'm I'm not from Oklahoma, but my family's here. My tribe is from here. I was the first out of my family to be born and raised in Albuquerque. And out there, when you have, you know, when you have birthdays, shit, it's a party. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You You get the jumper, uh, you get... Two giant trash cans filled with ice and, and beer, Coronas and Modelos, and you get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got older and was like, that's not cool, you know? But I didn't know any better, you know? I didn't, I didn't know I was hurting my kids. But she told me one day, and I just, I mean, all I could do was say I apologize. You know, I couldn't take it back, but <clears throat> every time I drink, I know I'm hurting them. Mm-hmm. And at any moment, I know that I could lose them. So, um, 
it's been a minute since I drank, but I, you know, I'm not perfect. I slip up. There's times I've slipped up. Um, last year, I think I drank three, three or four times. It's not bad. In the whole year. Yeah. Oh, it's, not bad, it's not bad, but it ain't good, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you, nobody's perfect. That's, no, that's nobody's the thing perfect. that I was trying to share uh, about alcohol and me and me and my girlfriend go round and round about this and you know, she gets mad. Well, you preach um, not to drink. And I'm like, I'm not telling people not to drink. I'm just telling them that there's a better way. Mm-hmm. And the main thing I'm going to I preach is nobody's perfect. So for an alcoholic or a drug addict, if they're trying to quit and they go back to it, they think that's it. Okay, you know, I fucked up. And most people will condemn them for it. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are going to be, oh, he's back on that shit or she's back on that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people make mistakes. Bro, if you sit here and close your eyes and think about how many mistakes you made today from when you woke up to now. How many mistakes? You know, people make mistakes every second of every day. But it's, you know, it's it's hard for me to tell people to stop drinking when I have problems. But I'm here to let them know that it's okay to fuck up. Yeah. It's okay to fall off that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck back on, you know. Take your licks and get back on, you know. If you're having trouble with drugs or whatever, um... If you slip up, you know, it happens. You're human. You know, do what you got to do and get back on, you know, sober back up. You know, mm-hmm. there's everyone has trouble with something. There's nobody out here. I know I know you've battled some things. Everybody's battled. You know, the thing is. The world will condemn you so quick. Yeah. Your family will turn their back on you in a fucking heartbeat, bro. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, let's say you, you got hooked on pills. Oh, Russell's hooked on pills. Russell's hooked on pills. He has a podcast. Mm-hmm. And they'll condemn you for it. And they don't, little do they know you're battling depression. You know, you almost killed yourself yesterday. They don't know those things. They just think that you're supposed to be perfect, Russell. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that. And that's what I want the listeners to know that everybody fucks up. Just learn from the fuck ups. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part is learning from them. But. I've, I've learned a lot, you know, especially I talk to my kids a lot. My daughter, she's uh, 15 now. I talk to her quite a bit and you know, we're, we're eye to eye. We see eye to eye. Um, She tells me a lot of things that she don't like, things she does like, you know, I've never had that. My older sons, we didn't communicate like that, you know, so I'm learning as I go. Like I said, learn from your mistakes. There's no book on how to be a perfect dad there's no book on um you know how to live a perfect life because it don't exist Mm -hmm. you know there's no such thing as a perfect dad there's no such thing as a perfect life Mm -hmm. people want to see it you know even the the couples on facebook that post those pictures that are in love oh they're so in love then you see them a month later with somebody else. I'm like, God damn. That was, <laughs> that was quick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes back to people make mistakes, you know? Yeah. There's, I've been around the top people, athletes, native athletes in this, and they all have their, you know, their things. I mean, there's so many, there's something wrong with everybody. Yeah. You know? And um, I think 
a lot of people are hard on themselves. You know, like say, uh, like, yeah, my girlfriend, she wants to lose weight. Bro, she's like that, skinny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so big. I'm like, <laughs> I just like, are you serious? <laughs> you're, you're not. <laughs> and, you know, she's just tr- trying to be, you know, she's scared to make mistakes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always try to talk to her about mistakes. And, you know, she's a, she used to be an, an uh, alcoholic. And um, we, we share things. When she gets weak, I help her. When I get weak, she helps me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just if the listeners are out there and having trouble with whatever, whether it be depression, um, you have mental illness, bipolar, um, alcoholism, drugs. So there's a lot of people going through a lot of things. Just you're not alone. You know, everybody goes through it. I go through it. I know you go through things, Russ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's what's it's part of it, man. And it's really hard to be this perfect guy, you know, but we try. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough in the streets. It is, man. <laughs> yeah. You talk about not being too hard on yourself. You know, it's that's hard, too. You know, I'm my biggest critic. Mm-hmm. I'm always my biggest critic. Um, even when people say, like, just like, you know, oh, you work hard, you know, you work hard. But then I always say I could work harder, you mm-hmm. know, or like I didn't do too much, you know, or it's just like little stuff, man. Like I I had to learn how to not be so hard on myself because like there's some stuff I didn't get done, you know, when I first started this. And that just goes back to that old mentality of, uh, you know, like being in a weight room or something, you know, mm-hmm. like because that's. That's what I wanted to do too. Like I wanted to play football and I wanted to be a power lifter, you yeah. know, and, and when you don't get the reps you want or you're not hitting your personal record, you're like, fuck, you know, you kind of get like yeah, you- irritated at yourself because you know, you could do it, but it's just your body's not allowing you to do it. And you know, you can, but then you just like, for me, it was like, I don't know. I would, I'd get so mad and just like upset, you know, like, like I know I can do that. Why can't I do that? You know, and so I just like tear myself down almost, you know, yeah. and then like, but now, you know, um, it's just, I have to remember, you know, yeah, be hard on yourself, but not to a point where it's, um, you're tearing yourself down. You're just, you turn into just being this whole negative energy toward yourself. Exactly. You know, be, yeah, be hard on yourself, but no that you can learn from this little mistake, this big mistake. Like we, like you were saying, you know, like people say, Oh, you took an L, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, yeah. A lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like exactly. I it's like not that. a loss. It's not, it's not, you're like losing that. anything. It's just another lesson that you have to take into consideration and then learn from that. Mm-hmm. Like how can you not make the same mistake, you know, like bring it back, evaluate it and then move forward you know, with a different approach or whatever it is you need to do, you know? So, um, that's, and that took a long time to do too. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to break these habits that you don't know are bad habits, mm-hmm. you know, just something like that being hard on yourself. You know, it's like, you don't know it's that bad of a habit until mm-hmm. you start talking to people, 
that don't do that. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, okay, I'll shut up. Yeah. You, you feel like you're just this biggest piece of shit. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So, you know, we were talking about addicts and stuff. Um, you know, this is, it's a little personal, but I'm going to share it because I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember on the last podcast, I had talked about my, my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And I said how she was kind of off on the deep end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, we had talked and she had told me that the doctors told her she, she kept on, she wasn't going to make it for another year or so, you know, mm-hmm. maybe two, I'm not too, sh- too sure on the time limit, but it was, it was bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, I sat there and I thought about it because my first son, uh, my oldest boy, I had, um, I had, a. a you know, his baby mom. I had two baby moms. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one with him and the rest of my kids with um, with my ex-wife. And she drank herself to death, you know, mm-hmm. like literally. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful woman. I, f- I took some blame in that, you know, because we could have went a different route. But we we used to fucking party. Mm-hmm. And when we were kids, we partied. And when she passed, man, it, it broke me. It broke me. And um, I'm back to what I was talking about. That was just kind of leading up to the story I'm getting to. Um, so, my, you know, my ex-wife, um, she tells me, you know, we, we were talking but arguing. And she told me that she was gonna starting to get sick. So I invited her out. I brought her home to my house. And sat with her and sobered her up. And uh, she's 33 days today. Really? Um, yeah, I, I brought her home. I, I, I couldn't. The reason, you know, and I don't really owe anyone in my family an explanation because they don't pay my bills. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did it. And this is the God's honest truth. I did it because I couldn't look my kids in the eyes when they're adults and say, Dad, why did you let mom die? I couldn't do it. I'm, you know, I'm not that guy. I have a heart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I knew that I could help her. I just was being stubborn. So I helped her and I gave her the house I was living in. And I moved two minutes away. Got me my own place, and me and the, the kids just jumped back and forth. We, It's not her house or my house. We just call it the other house. Mm-hmm. And we get along better now than we did when we were married, <laughs> you know. And, and when she got there, and, like, she was my main worry. I worried about her because I knew she was doing wrong. And she was, <laughs> you know. She was doing very bad. Yeah very bad things and um i just worried you know because i didn't want her to die and she was well on her way so from what i talked about in the last podcast that she was gone and we lost her well we found her you know she's she's back she's healthy when i got her she was so pale like she was locked in a closet damn she's brown again Mm -hmm. you know all the things about her are coming out when we first sobered her up all her jokes and memories with me were 
remember that time we got drunk here? Remember that time we got drunk there? And I was like, you need to think of better memories than that. Yeah. Because that's just where her mind was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now she's bringing up different memories, you know, different things to talk about. And, and we get along. We get along great, bro. Yeah. And to me, it was a blessing that I was able to do that for her. Now, if she slips back up again, I don't know if I could do it again, you know, because it was very hard on me. I actually uh, learned that from uh, I read a, a article on Vin Diesel how he still takes care of his ex-wife. Actually, she lives around a corner from him. And I thought about it and I was like, in my eyes, I was like, oh, I can't be around her with another guy or whatever. I'm like, I've already been through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the scab has been pulled already. What's wrong with that? You know, maybe she wants to be happy with him. Mm-hmm. But I was being such a child, you know. I wasn't thinking of her happiness. I was thinking of mine. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of the children. I was thinking of myself. So I just want her to be happy. You know, I hope I don't want her to date right now because she's still in recovery. But I, I hope that one day she does find somebody um, who can make her happy. You know? Yeah. And I'd go to the wedding. I'd be yeah. right there. Her biggest fan. You know, um, I know it sounds strange for a lot of people. A lot of people break up and they're like, fuck her, fuck him. But. If you have kids with that person, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it is different. And I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I love her to death. I, I love her. But I just can't be with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just don't. We're oil and water, you know. Yeah. Because when I get weak, I'll be like, man, I want to drink. She'll be like, let's go. Mm. <laughs> I need somebody to say no. Yeah. And that's what my girlfriend does now. Um, her name is Shara. And she... She takes good care of me, man. She really watches out for me. And I've always been, and this is true, my, my, my women in my life, we've always been connected at the hip. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but we've never been connected with heart mm. or spirit. It's always been at the hip. Mm-hmm. Me and her connected in the heart and mind first before we got together before we 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 laid together before everything you know and she showed me i didn't know that they made people like that i didn't know that women like this existed that's how good of a person she is and she's such a emotional being i've never known somebody like that she'll get to talking and then boom she just starts crying i'm like why are you crying at first i would roll my eyes Till I started to understand, you know, that's just how much of a loving person she is. Mm-hmm. And I've just dated women who treated me like ATM machine. Nobody really wanted me for me. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome to have met someone like that. And, <clears throat> you know, she's changed my life. Because if it wasn't for her, I'd probably still be drinking. Yeah. Still be partying. Still be doing my thing. Tim the Tank's a lot of fun to be around, but. He's still up at 6 a.m. when you get up the next day. You're like, Tim, you got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, long story short, man, I, um, you know, because it's, it's only, it hasn't been that long since I did uh, Rob's podcast. And mm-hmm. since then, I decided not to watch her drown. I decided to throw a lifeline and be a man. You know, part of her drinking is my fault. Mm-hmm. So I had to fix it. And, 
I got to tell you, man, telling you what I've done is making me feel better. Yeah. Because um, I used to be so worried about what other people thought. What are they going to think? What are they going to think? You know? Mm-hmm. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't live my life. They don't, you know. If she passed away, it wouldn't affect them at all. But you know who it would affect? My kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have future drunks and alcoholics who are drinking their mom away, you know, yeah. pain. I saved my kids pain, you know, and, and I'm proud of that. If I could have saved my first baby mom, I would have. I would have. I probably would have left my wife to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds messed up, but it's the truth. So, yeah, that, you know, that I got a little deep there for a minute, but, you know, I wanted to share that at, um, you know. Not ne- there's never no hope lost, you know. Yeah, I I had to grow up mentally to do that. Tim five years ago would have said, "Fuck her, mm-hmm. let her die." And <laughs> that you know that's how harsh I used to be. But like I said, after that accident, you know, I just I want peace for everyone. Yeah, I love everyone. You know, like her. We've been together for we were married for sixteen years. I I, I divorced her and married her twice. <laughs> That's how much I love that woman. Wow. But um, she means a lot to me. Um, yesterday, her mo- it was anniversary, her mom's anniversary, and she passed away from alcohol. And I took her a picture of her mom, blew it up, her mom and sister. Unfortunately, both of them passed away from alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's still new to the home. So when I moved out, you know, we took all the, our stuff, and she didn't have a TV. So I bought her a TV, just kind of letting her... No, she's part of the family again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are like, why are you doing this for her? I'm like, if you don't understand, then you don't have a heart, you know, because, you know, she's done me wrong on every level of doing a person wrong. But I forgave her and, you know, I chose to help her and I'm I'm proud of that. I really am. My kids are happy, too. Yeah. My kids are happier. Well, I like how... You talk about you knew just you how I guess you need we all need that accountability, you know, like uh, when you felt weak, you know, she would indulge in that weakness, too. Mm -hmm. Even if she wasn't feeling weak, it would be like, all right, well, let's just let's do whatever, you know, let's Mm -hmm. go. Let's go pound some some 40s or something. You know, let's get a case, you know, let's go case up or whatever, you know, and. And that's never good, you know, mm-hmm. those type of friends or relationships or whatever it is, your family members like that, mm-hmm. because they, they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they know how you are and what it does to you, they're still like, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it, you know. So, but you noticed it, like you, you see it mm-hmm. and you know that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So you knew the best thing to do was to just, you know, not completely go away yeah but you know just to we can't be around each other i mean we can but not in this relationship type of deal Mm -hmm. you know so not a lot of people catch that you know they still will be with that person because from because i I was kind of like that too i was dependent on somebody that i felt like i needed them even though i knew they weren't good for me Mm -hmm. i needed them for whatever reason, whatever it be, it's the only relationship I might be in or I'm not going to get anything better 
or I'm just going to end up alone. Mm-hmm. And then that person still made me feel like shit, like worthless. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wasn't like made me believe that pretty much. And so, you know, and then you leave that, you know, I left that. And like you said, you found someone that you connect with on a higher level. Yep. I didn't know there was levels like that. You know, that's how it is now. You know, we, because I really didn't want to get in a relationship because that last one before this one scared the shit out of me. It really did. Like it, I, I just did not. I was so afraid to get in another one, like in another relationship. And I, because I just didn't want to feel that same worthless type of, I guess, mindset or feeling or whatever it was that was, you know, dominating my brain at that time. Mm-hmm. And we got together. I, you know, I, I was really like timid. I was like, oh man, I was like, let's, I guess, you know, let's, let's give it a shot, mm-hmm. you know? And so I opened up finally, you it's, know, it's, and because hard it's, it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've said this too before. It was just hard to kind of open up because, you know, it, it was really, I don't know. I don't want to say shocked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the right word, but it's just, it was different. It was so different to, to meet someone like Charmin and then the last person, like they're just totally different people. Night and day. Night and day. And then we talk, we'd laugh. We're sticking through whatever it is together. Mm-hmm. There's no me. There's no I. It's how are we going to face this head on? You yeah. know, if we're homeless, how are we going to do that? If we're doing something that we like and one's not generating money, mm-hmm. and how do we how do we face that? How do we as a team overcome all this stuff? And same thing, man, if I did not meet Charmin, then I would be, I'd probably be, I don't know where I would be. I honestly, I don't know. That's that's the truth. I would be. I, I, <laughs> that I would, is correct. I, I don't know where I would be, what what I would be. I, I don't know. I mean, it's scary to think about. I don't know if I would still be in New Mexico, if I would be at my dad's, or if I would be just, I don't know. I have no idea, you know, and. And I, I owe so much to her mm-hmm. for saving me pretty much, yeah, you know, teaching that. me how to become more of an adult, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a journey that we're both on. And I just appreciate it. I love her so much. And it's just uh, and we're still learning, too. I'm always learning. Like we said before, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Every day is a learning process. Definitely. Every for relationship, for business, for everything. Everything is learning every single day. Yeah. And and it's like uh and I, I admire that man. Like you are helping, you know, your uh baby mama. Mm-hmm. You know, you're helping her know that she's wanted around. Mm-hmm. Because like you too, I think we all go go through a phase where we just like we're just real, like, fuck him. Yeah. Fuck that person. Fuck mm-hmm. her. Fuck him. I was like that, too. I was I was so, uh, I'd hold a grudge. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'd hold that grudge, and I'd never let it go. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that's not powerful. Yeah. You know, you have, to, you, you have to find that peace. 
mm-hmm. for me at least you know i, I want to be at peace i want to i want peace you know i yeah. you know and and like we were talking about earlier about energies and stuff you know i just i want to find the right energy to be around i don't want to be around negativity negativity i don't want to be dragged into stuff mm-hmm. you know i just want to be on this road and just working boom just going just going forward meeting the right people coming into contact with them and just learning you know mm-hmm. and this during this time you know i've learned so much about you and your stories and everything man and uh it's been you know this has been awesome but i admire that man because i would do the same thing mm-hmm. you know i would i i know in my heart that i'm supposed to do something good like that yeah you know and i i I help out the people I can. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I help out everybody, but for the ones I can help, you know, I try my very hardest to, if they need to talk, I try to talk to them. Mm-hmm. If they need like funds and scrape up what I can or something, you know, yeah. like if you got it, you got it. Yeah. You know? you know, like I try to do my best to help out who I can or with whatever, mm-hmm. even events and stuff, you know, or whatever, you know, I just come through and, I don't know. Give my time, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's just, it's just the stuff you feel in your heart, I guess. Exactly, and it's uh, it's upbringing too. You mm-hmm. know, you you were you were brought up right, right with a good heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm truly be, true believer in that. You know, my grandfather was the nicest, meanest person I've ever met, and mm-hmm. my grandmother was the most loving person, and I'm glad that I was raised by them because. Um, you know, my real dad, you know, don't take this the wrong way, Pops, but um, he's really cocky and arrogant kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she was a, a partier, you know. So if I was raised by them, mm-hmm. either one of them, just imagine what I would have ended up. Mm-hmm. So I was for I hated it for years being raised by my grandparents, you know. I, I was raised, Russ, with never belonging. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard feeling, as a child. Um, uh, my grandparents raised me, so I never quite belonged with them. We lived in New Mexico, and I was Comanche, mm-hmm. living around pueblos, Navos. I didn't quite belong there. Mm-hmm. So as an adult, I came back to Oklahoma, around my Comanche people. Well, you're not you weren't raised around here, or you didn't grow up in Oklahoma, so not I'm not accepted there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where the fuck? Where's home? Yeah. And it's a, it's a scary feeling to not know where home is. You know, where, where are you from? Where am I from? My family's all from born and raised in the Lawton area, um, Oklahoma. I'm the only one born and raised, well, people after me in Albuquerque, but I never was from a place. So if people ask me where I'm from, I say Albuquerque. But when I'm in Albuquerque, they say I'm from Oklahoma. Mm. When I'm in Oklahoma, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's it's kind of a shitty thing. And um, me and my girlfriend, she used to go visit. I'm going to go home. Um, she would go back to uh, Gomerco, um and go visit her family. I'm like, why? I'm homesick. I wasn't being an asshole. I just don't know what that feels like. Because mm-hmm. I've never had a home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, back to my, my grandmother and grandfather. My grandfather was very mean, very physical, very mentally abusive. 
but he was very loving at the same time. Um, it was very trivial, you know, with him. He's a trivial guy. Alcoholic, drug addict, um, military man, 26-year military man. So, you, you know, that tells you a lot right there. He was hard. He was very hard. Um, grandmother, loving, 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 the most loving lady you can ever meet. She's still alive, too. Grandma's still alive. Um, so I spent a lot of time with my grandmother coming up. Um, so I learned the loving side. You know, at a young age, I learned how to be lovable. You know, how to treat people. You know, I learned how to stand up and shake hands and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I would have learned those things if I was raised by my real parents. Mm. I really don't, you know. Um, no disrespect to them, but, you know, I just think that their paths that their lives took them on, it didn't involve me, you know. And I hated them for it for years. I still carry a little bit of venom, but not much. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm such a good father to my kids. You know, I have... um Seven kids. I raised all of them. Every single one of them. They all know dad. I have two of, two of them who are grown adults. Um, and then I have five that are still in school. Four in school, one that's not in school. She's three. But, you know, I've been there. And not having a dad growing up made me be there. You know? Um, I'm the protector. I'm the guardian. And their home is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's what I told them. You know, I don't have land. My family has land, but they're too busy fighting over it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a it's a silly question for me uh, to, to go to a white man and try to buy land. It's it's stupid to me. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you think about it, <laughs> I'm a native guy going to a realtor company trying to buy land. Like you're fucking native, you should already have land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't. So, <laughs> I've been trying, brother. Yeah, you mark my words. The next time we speak, I will have an acre of something, and I will make that home for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, they don't grow up lost like I did. You know. So right now, if I got evicted, I don't have nowhere to go. There's no home. There's no grandma's house. There's no anybody's house. So, um, I'm, that's what I'm striving for is to give them a home. So out of all that, dude, I moved everywhere, Cali, Nevada, Oregon, uh, AZ, you name it. I've been out there. Um, I'm very good at what I do. I'm a superintendent for construction companies, casinos, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm very good. I've been a superintendent for the past 10 years. Um, companies want me. So when they call me and bribe me enough I go (laughs) so out of all this moving I got my kids back in Oklahoma and they tell me we're not moving anymore we're staying Mm -hmm. and I wanted to move I was going to move back to New Mexico and so in a way that was my sign telling me that this is home Oklahoma is home my family is from uh, Lawton area you know I am Comanche enrolled member and um, I've been doing so many things uh, the C.T. Fletcher stuff. And you know who C.T. Fletcher is? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. in the movie. Um, 
I was I have four videos with him. Um, man, that put me on the map. It, I, I had so much notoriety from that. I won't say fame, but mm-hmm. notoriety um, off that. And it, it was a hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a hell of a ride. And from there, I was able to build my brand, the Warriors United brand. And, you know, all I do is uh, spread fitness and wellness in Native, Comer- Native American communities. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, mo- most of it was just trying to, you know, I was doing that, trying to make noise to show the tribe that, hey, I'm here to support. You know, I'm, I'm here to represent. I don't know if you've seen that video, Warpath, that I did with C.T. Fletcher. Yeah, the, I watched it, yeah. At the end where I gave him yep, the flag. The flag, yep. to me, that was such an honor to have them hang that flag like that. And at the end, how they ended it with the flag, mm-hmm. I wasn't always like this. I've been inspired. That's yeah. why I am how I am. That's why I try to inspire other natives. And I have, I've inspired so many people across Native American land and, um, I just would hope that I can help my people. I've been, dude, I've been everywhere helping other people. I've helped other tribes make money. Now I'm doing contract work for my tribe, so it feels good to make my tribe money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, helping my people has been good. And, um, but yeah, man, I, I hope I can sit down with them one day and we can. You know, they'll give me an opportunity to show them what I can do. I mean, I, I showed them what I can do with my construction stuff. You know, I'm the man at that. Mm-hmm. But, man, I can put together events so quick. I can. I know the who's who of the native fitness in this country. And they're all on my phone right there. I can get them to the tribe. Like we can We can inspire. We can put on workshops. We can do all these things. But, you know, it's, it's just... It's really hard to get that connection with them because they're busy people. You yeah. know, they're busy people. But, you know, I want to put on these workshops. I want to bring the C.T. Fletchers over. I want to bring uh, the Deb Butlers and, you know, all the famous um, athletes around. And they all have similar stories. They come from the res. If they can make it out, you know, you guys can make it out. And that's what I want to inspire somebody. Yeah. Even if it ain't me. I would like to put put it on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Put the expo together. I've always wanted to do that, a native fitness expo. So if it happens, I'm going to have you there commentating. I'll be there. <laughs> you I be will there? be there. All right. Yeah. We got to get Robin out here too, man. That'd be an honor, man. I love just commentating. Just I've commentated for football, stickball. I want to do wrestling too. I've never been to a stickball, man. Yeah, uh, I used to play stickball, but our friend Keelan Bearpaw, he had a tournament in Sepulpa. Mm-hmm. And he asked me and uh, Isaiah from Toke Signals, can you guys commentate? I was like, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I haven't played in a while, but, you know, yeah, let's do it. You know, so I never commentated stickball, but, I mean, it's fun, dude. It's fun to watch. It's really brutal. It can be brutal. If you go to YouTube and type in world series of stickball and you watch those mm-hmm. those can be brutal they were kind of brutal this year but like 2008 there were people like hitting each other with sticks mm. getting their teeth pulled like teeth beat out of them i mean it was like it was really like uh i mean there were some hard hits and i remember where i <laughs> and i remember i think it was blue 
he was telling us about the World Series uh, stickball. And we're like, man, let's go. You know, let's let's go. Let's go play. You know, let's enter. And he was like, I don't know. They're pretty rough over there. And he was showing us videos. And <laughs> then this one guy got blasted. And his nose is all broken. It's all bloody. And I was like, uh, maybe we wait a year. <laughs> maybe we train. <laughs> because- I got invited. I got invited to play. Did you? Um, Where at? In uh, my buddy has a team out of Apache, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but he says they go to the city. And so I Googled a little bit and I called him back and said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it seems like uh, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. And I know me being a big guy, they're going to want to lay me the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna want to lay me out just to say I planted that planted big that dude, <laughs> bro. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people don't know because they see me on Facebook, dude. I'm, I'm a big fucking dude. I'm 6'5", 315 pounds. Yeah, and dude, face to me, Facebook does me no du- justice. <laughs> In the mirror, I see a big guy. Yeah, and I take a picture and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I get did, like I have. The syndrome where I still look skinny mm-hmm. and I keep going and going and going and everyone's like, dude, you're good. You don't need to get no bigger. <laughs> it might be the voice too, <laughs> I because I mean, you don't have like a, like a high voice, yeah. but it's just kind of like real, like you're not all like a wrestler, I guess, yeah. like ultimate warrior. You're not like, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but you're just like well-spoken yeah, and like, when I was listening to you on Rob's podcast, you're talking about weightlifting. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, and then when Rob he had you on the Zoom, mm-hmm. he was like, man, he's big. And I was like, is he? And mm-hmm. I was looking at your Facebook and I was like, I don't know. Because you just said Facebook doesn't do you justice. No, it don't. But I was like, he'll look that big. And damn, when you walked in here, I was like, this guy's big. <laughs> a big dude right here. No, 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 let me tell you what. Now, imagine me walking on that field on, on, a, on a stick game. I got a target on me all game. They're going to be like, I want you to lay that big fucker yeah. out. And, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you I'm the baddest. I know I get laid out. I'm top heavy, man. I, I was a basketball player. So I know I get, I, I Googled it, watched a couple games, and I called him back. I was like, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> he's a big guy, but he's short. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be – I'm. I'm top heavy, bro. <laughs> I'm not taking those hits, man. I'm too. I'm I'm 41, brother. They might just put you at goalie. Because <laughs> uh, when we were commentating at that mm-hmm. one, they had this guy that was, uh, I think it was six nine or six eight. God bless. But they just had him at goalie, and he was just blocking shots the entire game. And oh, we yeah. called him the wall. <laughs> native guy, huh? Yeah, native guy. <laughs> man. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. But I don't know. I, I think you would like it. If not goalie, then I'm sure they just put you on defense. I'll tell you what, man. I'll just I'll watch it with you. <laughs> next. Just let me know when your next <laughs> podcast and you're commentating. I'll just go go on the sidelines and be like, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You know, um, I never got to play football in school. Really? My coaches told me you're gonna make it in basketball. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I literally, this is a true story. I was on the, because when I was in high school, I could throw a ball 60 yards. Whoa. And I didn't have, I never played. We, yeah. We, we played res ball, mm-hmm. you know, bullheads sticking out of our arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I was out on the field with the other quarterbacks and it was tryouts. And I just heard screaming and yelling. 
I looked up and my basketball coach was storming the field. He yanked that helmet off my head, threw it down across the field, and he was like, you don't belong out here. How do you think they're going to take you out? They're going to take your knees out. Oh, yeah. He said, you're going to make it. I don't need you tore up. And um, there was two other guys, tall guys, that were playing. And they were like, oh, you'll be fine. So the very same year, both of them had their ACLs torn. Ooh. And he was right. He was right. Now, I, I regret not playing mm-hmm. for the, the, the football training and all that. But, you know, I didn't know what he was trying to do for me. I thought he was just being an asshole. Yeah. But he, he was saving my body Mm -hmm. for basketball. And I was able to play many years of basketball and not be injured. Mm -hmm. So I thank him for it, you know, now. Yeah. (laughs) But at the time I was so pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) He screamed at me. He was like, don't you understand that you're going to make it to the next level? Mm -hmm. You can't make it, you know, on crutches. And he was right. Mm-hmm. You know, I did make it to the next level. So, you know, shouts out to him. Coach Wooten is his name. And you went and played college ball? Yeah, I played at high school. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying that on um, yeah. Rob's podcast. Yeah. You went to high school and played. Made okay. some lifetime friends there, man. I bet. I loved high school. I made some lifetime friends. Jameson King, uh, Jazz Parker. Man, um, the list goes on and on, man. I'm... So many good friends. Leroy Silva. I Like I said, I can go on and on. Lifetime friends. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, people you can depend on. Um, it's a good time, though. That's how college was for me, too. Just lifelong friends. I went to IAIA in Where's uh that? Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I didn't get to... I kept getting hurt, man. I kept getting hurt. That knee... That, when I told you that story, I, heard, I tore my MCL. Mm-hmm. And then... By the time I was coming back, I just didn't feel like playing anymore. So I just like slopped through the year. And uh, my senior year was the next year up. So, you know, I got kind of ready, but um, my brother wanted me to go to San Diego. So I went to San Diego, San Diego with him. He was stationed out there um, when he was in the Navy. So I went out there for the summer and. I didn't do shit. I just ate all the time. I drunk soda. Mm. You know, I was just vacationing pretty much. But I told my coaches, like, yeah, I'm going to work out every day, you know, because <laughs> I was missing uh, Summer Pride or whatever. <laughs> and they didn't want me to go, but I was like, I was, I'll was, i work out every day. My brother will work me out every day. And shit, I just laid around, slept in, and ate all the time. <laughs> Came back bigger. <laughs> but, but uh, I can't, man, I hurt my back that year. And... That was a weird one. Uh, I was some a running back was coming up through my gap, and I just held on to him, but I twisted weird. Mm. And I don't know, man. I could not, I could not get up. I couldn't move. Like I don't. It, it was really weird. Finally, I got up, and people were like, "Did you break your tailbone?" I was like, "I have no idea." But like IHS labeled it back spasms. Mm. Pretty sure it was worse, but. <laughs> I don't know. They just said, oh, you got back spasms. I was like, so I can't walk because of back spasms? Good but, old Indian hospital. But, they give you a wash rag and ibuprofen. And <laughs> yeah, they gave me a bunch of ibuprofen. Put your mask on. They're like, just just put, uh, just what they say, like put a heating pad on it like throughout the day and like try not to do anything. I was like, oh my God, this is so painful. I'm pretty sure this isn't back spasms, but all right. So what, what was it? What did it end up being? 
that I didn't even get it checked out again. <laughs> I just took their word for it. You even had a lifelong I injury. <laughs> I probably did, dude. Bro, IHS, man. Hey, shout out to IHS, man. Y'all do your thing, man. I should have got it checked out again, but they probably would have said the same thing or said, oh, you're healed. Yeah. <laughs> Still feeling like shit. No, but oh, man. I went to IA and that's where I met, uh, I met Duke on Harris out there and he's a uh, cousins with Josh. That's where I met Josh too. Well, yeah. well we took a trip to Cali and that's where Josh used to live. And then that's where I actually met him. But he came to, I, I think a year later and then that's where I met Rob and, <clears throat> Just a bunch of other people that I'm still like friends with. Mm-hmm. I still connect with um, a lot of them. Not every day, but we're still like friends on Facebook. And you know, I see their progression that they've made throughout time at IA to now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are out there doing a lot of great things, and yeah, I've had a few of them on the pod. Um, but that's inspiring to see too. You know, like see your friends out there getting it. You yeah, know, grinding, definitely. putting in that work and, you know, making a difference, mm-hmm. you know, and just bringing communities together. And, you know, that's real powerful. You know, we talked earlier about um, finding this way, I guess. Uh, I worked a job where I didn't fully understand how to do that, mm-hmm. you know, but yet seeing all my friends doing it um, and I just didn't know how to ask them how to do it. I would yeah. kind of ask around here, but... Then again, nobody would really help. Um, so that's why, like, I try to be as much help as I can to anybody, mm-hmm. whether it's podcasting or getting connected with somebody or just something. You know, I just don't want to be like, I don't know, figure it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was told that a lot, too. I was <clears throat> it was always like, oh, you, you got two hands get on your phone figure it out you know <laughs> yeah. and i did i figured it out but you know i just want to i'd rather help out people you know mm-hmm. make it easier you know and possibly point them in the right direction too you know because that's, that's i helped it. i helped rob out with that too because uh he was kind of iffy on starting a podcast mm-hmm. and like me i was iffy about it too i was scared to do it i was mm-hmm. scared to put myself out there uh you're vulnerable people will hate it you know they'll love it but you know you don't know what people's true intentions are about what it is you're doing Mm -hmm. you know sometimes they could be fake and show you love or you know i admire the ones that just say i don't like it i don't like you You yeah being real you know but (laughs) but uh you know i was inspired too because my friend james mcleod who i met i he has a podcast called the right potatoes with his friend steven Mm -hmm. and I remember hearing about that and then my other friends, uh, Terrence and Marlon, they started a podcast and I had all this stuff, man, but it was just laying around and, but finally like Steven and James and then Marlon and Terrence, you know, I looked at them and I was like, fuck it, man, I'm just going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to invite someone over see who comes over and then we're just going to talk. Yeah. You know, and just do it because that's the only way to get better is to do it. So Mm -hmm. I did it. And then when I heard Rob want to start one, you know, I was like, just fucking do it, dude. Mm -hmm. Like don't wait because he was talking about getting a shed, getting all this stuff, getting the studio. And I was like, for what? Mm -hmm. I was like, 
what are you going to do when you get that? You're just going to doubt yourself even more if you're iffy about it already. Yeah. You know, what's that going to do to help you do it? I was like, why not just do it now? Create some content. By the time you get that stuff, you'll be a pro. Mm-hmm. You know, you you ha- you have an idea of what you're doing already. And you already have that space available to you. So I was like, why not just go and start now? And so I was just like, I know it's scary, dude. I know it's you're vulnerable. I know it's just all these things in your head that are doubting yourself. I was mm. like, but fuck it. Just do it, dude. Yeah. Don't be afraid. I was like, I could help you as much as I can. I was like, but the rest is up to you. Yeah. But you have to do it. I can only show you what I did. If that helps, if not, then I'm just, I mean, I need, I can just show you as much as I can. And the rest is on you, dude. Mm. I'm, I can't do it for you. Nobody did it for me. And luckily he went through with it, man. He he started doing his research, educating himself, and we talk every now and again. And he released his first episode. And I was like, Hell yeah, dude. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, now keep doing it. Be consistent. You know, just keep going. Going and going and going. Who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares if nobody's listening? Remember why you started this. <laughs> You know, why did you start it for you? I guess, yeah. you know, and so you always have to remember that, you know, don't get discouraged about the numbers. Don't worry about that. You know, that yeah. stuff will come later, you know, exactly. and then just keep building and building and building because it takes a lot to build something from nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's always my biggest thing to, you know, at least start it because a year from now you will be amazed where you're at. Yeah. You'll have the foundation built. And then you'll just keep going. Mm. You know, that's that's the way I have to look at it now with a lot of stuff. You know, it's, it takes a long time. It's just not like overnight. So, but, you know, proud of Rob. Proud of all my friends, man. I, yeah, man, shout out to y'all, man. Shout you guys out are out Rob. there killing it. Being artists, being <clears throat> actors, being musicians, mm-hmm. uh, graphic artists. Shoot. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm. So, oh, podcasters. I mean, we out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all out here. Um, a lot of people need that need that nudge, you know, and, and he's fortunate enough to have somebody like you to give him that push because everyone needs it, you know, mm-hmm. every once in a while, no matter what it is. Um, you know, I, I respect you guys tremendously. You, to me, you guys are very well spoken, you know, when mm-hmm. you guys get on. You know, if you guys didn't have pictures, mm-hmm. I wouldn't picture you <laughs> just like me. You said, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. but you guys are very well spoken. You know, it's like you've been doing this for years. So, you know, I really respect it. And, uh, you know, I'm 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 honored, honored to be on the show. Um, I wanted to say something real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. This reminds me what we're doing because mm-hmm. um, I was raised with my grandparents and we used to live off of I-40. And I remember one time my grandfather um he used to run with some rough and tough dudes. And one time <clears throat> Russell means came by mm-hmm. and he was friends with my grandfather. Um, they're both passed on now, you know? Um, and I remember just how we are sitting right here, but without the, the mics, mm-hmm. they sat there and they talked and they shared stories, drinking coffee, laughing, serious, um, everything. And they talked and next thing you know, I wake up in the morning and they're still up Mm -hmm. talking, visiting, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
to me, that's what this is. You know, I like this, you know, no disrespect to Rob. You know, if I was there, I would have loved to be there. But being here with you, mm -hmm. seeing you and meeting you, it's a little easier for me to interact. Yeah. You know, than being over Zoom. Um, I told I told him next time I come out to Cali, I'm going to come see him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to stop in and visit with him. But um, it just remind what we're doing reminds me of seeing how my grandfather people used to come in. I just specifically remember that guy. I was a kid. I didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather was telling me stories about uh, Russell Means. He said he, he was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> he said he was mean and he didn't take no shit from anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> and then when I got older, I remember seeing him on Last of Mohicans. I said, Grandpa, that's your friend. And he said, yeah. He said how he killed... Uh, you remember how he killed that guy mm -hmm. in the end? Yeah. He said, that's exactly how it was in real life. He said he would have done that in real life. He was a bad motherfucker. So um, I, I remember that time. He came in and they talked and they sat and drank coffee all night. And that kind of feels like what we have, you know, what we're doing. We're sitting here and we're talking and we're sharing stories. Unfortunately, it's not going to be overnight. But, you know, know it just right? it just remember it just brings <laughs> me back to that time sitting there as a kid, you know, sitting there playing with my G.I. Joe's watching them talk, you know. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I I remember that, too. With my grandma, you yeah. know, I'd have the people that live on our street. They would just come over, you know, and come over and come in our kitchen and they just they do the same thing. They'd sit there and they talk. Yeah. I wouldn't know what about, you know, yeah, but yeah. I'd be I'd play with my toys and they'd be in the kitchen for hours just yeah. visiting and talking and. Laughing, laughing yep. you know and then getting mad you know mm -hmm. and sharing stories and and that's the thing you know like uh it's the little things that you don't catch you know and i'm glad you bring that up because that yeah i do i love doing this with everybody i love bringing everybody over or on it's harder on zoom mm -hmm. you know like you said because you don't get that you're interacting but it's not mm -hmm. like a true interaction yes sometimes i'm waiting or not waiting, but sometimes I don't know when they're done talking mm. and it's hard to time that, I guess. Yeah. Cause I want to give them, of course, you know, as much time as they need to see, to say whatever it is they say, mm. you know? And sometimes like, you know, I want to make sure like they got their full, um, I guess speech out or whatever mm. it is, you know, they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to talk about. So, you know, in zoom, you know, it's tough to try to really, have that human contact mm -hmm. you know so you know i appreciate everybody that comes over wants to come over and just uh, you know face to face talking yeah and because man yeah you bringing that up dude it does make me think of you know those just being a kid and yeah definitely definitely just listen to my grandma talk you know how it was as russell means you know yeah i didn't know and, who he was at yeah. that time i was just a little boy man <laughs> but i was honored that he came to the house you know i you know he stayed in my room. Mm -hmm. He, I remember he came down and, and made a comment about my Undertaker poster. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know who he was at that time. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I was a little boy, but that's, that's kind of cool. You know, when I got older and found out who he was, yeah. you know, that dude, is a, he's the man, you mm -hmm. know? So, you know, shouts out to his people, you know. Uh, he's a real, he's a movement in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his son too, Natani and Tatanka. Well, I went to school with Natani too. Mm -hmm. uh, we're real good friends, and you know he's out there uh, rapping. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just 
doing what he loves too. Yeah. You know, Tatanka is really cool. You know, he always comes to Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, he does shows around here, and he was at Creek Fest. Uh, is it the comedy over the is summer? The yeah, he does. A, he's a comedian, also an actor. So I mean, he's everywhere too. But mm-hmm. you know, they're real cool. You know, I'm always like, you know, uh, just honored to just you know hang around them when I can. I guess yeah. so. They're real cool people, man. I never got to meet their dad. Yeah. But, you know, I know Natanya would talk about his dad at school, mm-hmm. you know, like wouldn't take shit from nobody. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he was, you know, he was bad. You know, he's yeah. a bad motherfucker. So my, my grandfather said the same thing. <laughs> and that's how Natanya is, too. You know, he uh, he doesn't take a lot of shit from people, mm-hmm. you know, and he speaks his mind and he's really articulate with the things he says. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just blabbing whatever, you know, mm-hmm. he's he thinks a lot about what he said and. A lot of that is from his dad too, the teachings that his dad taught him. So, you know, it was it was really cool to come across him and learn a lot, mm-hmm. you know, from just from what his dad has taught him. Yeah. You know, so he's uh he's given me a lot of knowledge too and he's always recommending books I read, so I think that's really cool too. And I remember he talked about oh man, what was he he messaged me sometime, it was like about a a Pawnee chief or something. And I forgot that book he told me to read. I still haven't read it yet. But he told me he asked me about some chief, and I was like, I don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm still like wilding out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still haven't got that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that dude is well informed, and you're like, uh. <laughs> Did you watch that football game the other day? <laughs> Try to change the subject. <laughs> I'm still crazy, bro. <laughs> No, not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Good times, Jeez. brother. Good times. Well, um, is there anything you'd like to uh, – any last things you want to talk about or try to bring up and then, you know, plug whatever you need to plug up, bro? Well, um, in uh, November, I believe that uh, there is a um, – I'm trying to pull up the date real quick. Um <clears throat> We're going to have a booth at this uh, MMIW uh, women's conference. I'm going to have a, I have an awesome uh, friend who runs my booth for me. Her name is Tashannon Johnson. Shout out to, to Shannon. Mm-hmm. But we'll have a booth there um, November 20th through the 22nd. It's nice. a women's conference in Lawton, Oklahoma. Hmm. So if you're a woman listening, uh, please make your way out and check it out and gain some knowledge and pick up some cool Warriors United gear from our booth. Um, meet to Shannon. She's awesome. She's a, um, she's a ball of energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of upcoming events coming up. Um, you know, we have some lifting things. Well, being that it's getting cold, we're trying to get one more in with the Ute mountain casino. Hopefully that falls through. Um, and, uh, you know, just still building the brand. The Warriors United brand. So I look at my brand, how I look at myself. It took me 10 years to get big. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, you took steroids. Dude, you didn't know me 10 years ago. I was Boeing. Yeah. It take 10 years to build. So I've been selling my shirts for 10 years. Now I can post shirts and sell like that. But back then I couldn't, you know. So um, I'm looking to hit the powwow trail more and, you know, get back out with the people and start start mingling you know um i get along with people very well i'm a people person and um 
you know, a lot of big things coming up right now. I can't really talk about too many things, but I've been chasing some acting stuff too. Nice. So, um, Hell yeah. I, um, you'll be seeing me in the next couple of years doing some, some big things. And I promise you no matter what I'm in or if I get big as hell, I will still come back and speak on a podcast, brother. Hell yeah. But I appreciate being here. I'm honored, honored to be here. Um, you know, I feel like I made a brother today and, um, I shared my life with you and your listeners and hopefully it helps them heal or I give them an example of what to do and what not to do. But, you know, I'm honored to share my life with you and your listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, man. I'm honored you came on. Anytime you want to come back, let me know. You know, we'll work on a time. I know there's so much more, you know, yeah, that we didn't, even, we didn't even get to touch. Bro, you know? we could have went to 10 o'clock. For I, real, we could have went all night. I, like I we were just talking about, I know there's so much more to talk about. We didn't even get to get into your MMA career. I yeah, was wanting yeah, to get into that yeah. too, you know, but the things we hit, man, were meant to hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, honored you came over, got to come on. Uh, For real, you want to come back on, let me know. We'll work out a time. But uh, follow you on Instagram. Yes, uh, Big Tim, or no, Comanche Comanche underscore warrior. Wait a minute, Big Tim, (laughs) Comanche (laughs) underscore warrior. And you can find me on Facebook, Tim Johnson. Hell yeah. So everybody, go follow him, keep up with him, check out everything he has going on. Look out for him in a few years. Mm -hmm. Got some stuff coming out movie-wise. And I mean, you know, check him out in Lawton. Um, Comanche, Comanche country. Yep, come through. We can work out. We can do whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not, not too proud, man. I'll work out with anybody. Of course, and invite right there, man. If I lived there, I would go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. Everybody, go follow Oki Podcast if you have not yet. Go on Instagram at Oki Podcast on Facebook. At Oki Podcast. Uh, my Instagram is at Oki Podcast and at Russmus49. Russell Sonny goes my personal on Facebook. Oki Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, okipodcast.com. Check out the website and check us out. Check out the other podcast I'm a host of. It's Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation. Follow us on TikTok at reservation underscore mysteries on Instagram at reservation mysteries, I believe. And check out the Facebook as well, Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation, and that podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So, till next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.